You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. I actually love so much about what's happening in America right now. For a long time, they were using the fraud of January 6th to intimidate people from asking too many questions about the election. Well, now the fraud of January 6th is totally obvious. This Epps character, we saw the cops let people in. You can't deny this evidence anymore. And we know that January 6ers are still being un fairly persecuted, some in solitary confinement. Folks, they have, um, they went too far. So we're going to handle January 6th, but we're not going to shy away from the election of 2020, November of 2020. And if we don't, they will screw around with 22 and 24. More on all those issues in just a little bit. But first, Joe Biden, there were so many lies yesterday, so many weird things that happened that we could not cover them all. So we missed this one. Well, we saw it, but we couldn't fit it in. Here it is now. Joe Biden, civil rights icon, something along those lines. He was out there getting arrested as a youngster. I did not walk in the shoes of generations of students who walked these grounds, but I walked other grounds because I'm so damn old, I was there as well. (laughs) They think I'm kidding, man. (laughs) Seems like yesterday, the first time I got arrested. Anyway. First time he got arrested. Yes, I've heard him tell the I got arrested story before. Before. This day, 30 years ago, Nelson Mandela walked out of prison and entered into discussions about apartheid. I had the great honor of meeting him. I had the great honor of being arrested with our UN ambassador on the streets of Soweto trying to get to see him on Robbins Island. I came back from South Africa trying to see Nelson Mandela and getting arrested for trying to see him on Robbins Island. He was in prison. Wow, getting arrested, going to see Nelson Mandela. What a story! Where's the arrest report? Where's the evidence of any of this? There is none. Joe is lying, as we know he does all the time. On this one, he was caught. He said that during a visit to South Africa uh, to visit Nelson Mandela, which I know was a very memorable visit for you, that you were arrested when you were there. Your campaign has come out since and said, no, 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 you were separated from other people at the airport. But you did say arrest three yeah. times. What? Why? Well, what I meant to say was what you meant to say, you said it loud and clear. 
arrested. You were arrested. Did you mean to say something else? <gasps> All right, here it comes. The gibberish. What I meant to say was I got off that. Look, I strongly, strongly, strongly oppose the tarp apartheid. I was one of the leaders. And if you doubt it, go on JoeBiden.com and look at the exchange between George Schultz and me and the Foreign Relations Committee. And here's the deal. I was with a black delegation, the CDC, the, the, the Congressional Black Caucus. They had me get off a plane. The offer Connors got on in their short pants and their guns. Let me offer. And it goes on like this. He's babbling. He does not know what to say. He does not know how to explain it. He goes on like this for about two and a half minutes. Finally, he cops to it, but in the weirdest Joe Biden way. That's the context of it. When I said arrested, I meant I was not able to I was not able to move. Cops, Alfred Connors would not let me go with them, made me stay where I was. I guess I, I wasn't arrested. I was stopped. I was not able to move where I wanted to go. OK, like kind of when you're at a red light. OK, <laughs> when you're stopped, when you get held up, not arrested. That is a that's a lie. Joe Biden's very, very good at these things. Actually, he's not that good. He's not even artful about it. Now, here's one. He says uh, back when he was a young man, he actually snuck into the United States Senate. This happened on January 6th. He would have been arrested. This actually does not sound good at all. Listen to this. So what was that like uh, walking into the great Senate chamber at 29 years old? You know, I walked in when I was 21 and I got arrested. I was a, it was a Saturday. I was down visiting some friends at Georgetown University. And uh, I came up on a Saturday morning because I was fascinated with the Senate. And they had a Saturday session. I walked up those days, no guards stopping you everywhere. And, I, and they just got out of session. I walked in the back. All of a sudden, I found myself in the chamber and I was stunned. I walked up, sat down in the presiding officer's seat. Guy grabbed me by the shoulder, said, you're under arrest. Literally, nine years later, as I walked onto the Senate floor through the same door, that same guy, cop, uh, said to me, Senator, you remember me? And I said, geez, I don't. He said, I arrested you nine years ago. Wow. How about <laughs> he that? Said, welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. <laughs> Sounds like Joe thinks that whenever he talks to a cop, he's being arrested. <laughs> by the way, what he did is a lot like what the Horns guy did walked into the Senate and had a seat. That guy is in jail now. I think he's going to be there for five years. That's not right. Isn't it fascinating that Joe Biden, we know he lies all the time, yet the media, they don't call him out on it. He gets away with it. They don't have some long running list of all the lies he's told. But the guy who tells the truth bravely, boldly, President Trump, he's the one they're always trying. This is just it's not. It's not. He actually spoke uh, today on NPR, of all places, National Public Radio, Donald Trump. Is it a disadvantage for Republicans to keep talking about the 2020 election in 2022? No, I think it's an advantage because otherwise they're going to do it again in 22 and 24. It's one of the reasons why I want to start talking about it. He's right. He's absolutely right. And uh, oh, as for um, his allies in the United States Senate, not so much. Why is it that you think that the vast majority of your allies in the United States Senate are not standing behind you? We did have that statement by Mike Rounds. Because Mitch McConnell is a loser. And frankly, Mitch McConnell, if he were uh, on the other side and if Schumer were put in his position, he would have been fighting this like you've never seen before. Ah, a loser. I love it. Hey, you ever hear when they say Rudy Giuliani stood up in court and said this is not about fraud? 
therefore there's no fraud. They say that all the time. Now they're either deceptive or they don't know what they're talking about. It came up today. It comes up every day. Giuliani told a judge this is not a fraud case. Giuliani was forced to admit in court, quote, this is not a fraud case. Still no evidence of fraud. In fact, Rudy Giuliani admitted in court in a Pennsylvania case that he's not even charging fraud. Even Rudy Giuliani went, in, went into a federal courtroom in Pennsylvania. No, Your Honor. No, Your Honor. This is not about fraud. Rudy Giuliani, your lawyer, November 18, 2020 in Pennsylvania, quote, this is not a fraud case. Your own lawyers had no evidence of fraud. What Rudy Giuliani was arguing was the constitutionality of the votes cast or the lack of constitutionality of the votes cast in Pennsylvania. It's different from a fraud case. None of them bother to look it up. So in Pennsylvania, which, as we all know, big time state, very lucrative electorally, 20 of them, according to the Pennsylvania Constitution, the Commonwealth's Constitution, there are two ways to vote. You can vote in person or you can vote absentee with excuse. Now, those ways are delineated in the Constitution of the state. If you want to change it, change the Constitution, you can, but you got to do about 75 things. And they didn't do any of them. Changing the Constitution is a big deal. That's what Rudy Giuliani was talking about. Not the wrong person voting or a dead person voting that day in federal court. He was talking about the larger constitutional issue. All right. Makes sense, actually. It does make sense. It's not that hard to understand. And this case possibly had the best chance of succeeding at the Supreme Court. But they ran into trouble. We had a lot of cases where the judges wouldn't hear them. We had a case in Nevada that was so good. You read the papers, it's impossible. The judge refused to even listen to it. We had many cases. In fact, they say, and I can't testify because it's been through a lot of systems, a lot of different systems. But they say, and they say very strongly, the judges just, nobody's really gotten a chance to look. Look at the United States Supreme Court. They refused to hear the case. And you had, I they guess, They said there was no standing to give the case. That's correct. Well, Can yeah, I just no ask? No standing, I know. No standing. And the president of the United States supposedly didn't have standing either. So I wanted to file it myself. They said, sir, you don't have standing. I said, wait a minute. I'm the president of the United States. They just rigged an election. Hundreds of thousands of votes in different states. They just rigged an election. We got, we got a number of votes that I think you'll agree, no sitting president has ever gotten a number of votes that I got. No sitting president has ever gotten. A lot of votes, that's true. No sitting president, nobody believes. You think Biden got 80 million votes? I don't believe it. It's true that you got more than any sitting president in the election you disputed. How come he couldn't? If I can, Mr. President, Mr. President. Let me ask you this question. How come Biden couldn't attract 20 people for a crowd? How come when he went to speak in different locations, nobody came to watch? But all of a sudden, he got 80 million votes. I love it. I love it. And the specter of January 6th and all the terrible things that happened that day, they hype them, they exaggerate them to take these issues off the table. He's right. He's the aggrieved one. He has absolutely every right to speak out. He was the one who was on the ticket. He is the aggrieved party. Those who supported him, uh, I don't think they feel it quite like he does. He was the man at the top of the ticket. So when he could not get to the Supreme Court, it was Trump against the swamp. Hmm? They did not want to give him one break. Of course, the media did not want to give him one break. We know that. 
This goes back, I think, to the day he became president. This was perhaps his greatest speech, but the one that may have done him in, at least, at least for the first term, when he spoke so boldly, so bravely against that swamp. We are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. Washington flourished, but the people did not share in its wealth. Politicians prospered, but the jobs left and the factories closed. The establishment protected itself, but not the citizens of our country. Their victories have not been your victories. Their triumphs have not been your triumphs. And while they celebrated in our nation's capital, there was little to celebrate for struggling families all across our land. That all changes starting right here and right now because this moment is your moment. It belongs to you. Awesome. But the swamp, what they did not want to hear that, that made them furious. You can see it on their faces. What the hell is this all about? It's not supposed to work this way. By the way, this isn't just uh, Donald Trump, all right? They know, they know the swamp is a real thing. The permanent bureaucracy is a real thing. Donald Trump isn't the first one to talk about it, not by any means. None other than Don Rumsfeld, remember him? Very flawed guy, recklessly helped take us into Iraq, defense secretary under uh, George W. Bush. This is wild. The day before September 11th, September 10th, 2001, he gave a very interesting and now completely forgotten speech about the number one threat to American national security. And that threat was the swamp. The uh, topic today is an adversary that poses a threat, serious threat to security of the United States of America. With brutal consistency, it stifles free thought and crushes new ideas. The adversary is closer to home. It's the Pentagon bureaucracy, not the people, but the processes, not the civilians, but the systems. Not the men and women in uniform, but the uniformity of thought and action that we too often impose on them. How about that, huh? And I think he was being too generous, actually. He's a secretary of defense. He can't take on the individuals of the bureaucracy. So we talked about it broadly. There are some individuals in that bureaucracy who don't think the democratic process applies to them. September 10th, 2001. How about that? The next day, of course, 9-11. Horrible. Stay with us as we explore how George Wallace and Joe Biden were good friends in a mutual admiration society. It's true. It's documented. Joe Biden hates him now, but he loved this racist back in the day. We'll be right back. 
Have you checked out the Newsmax Daily Podcast with me, Rob Carson? You get daily news, insightful commentary, and believe it or not, comedy. Check it out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or at NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. All I can say is that that the fake fake news just doesn't get it, do they? Do they? All right, so they all carried Joe Biden's extra angry speech yesterday and didn't bother to call it angry, didn't bother to call it divisive. Obviously it was. Obviously, by the way, it violates all the promises he made about what a nice guy he was going to be, what a unifier he was going to be. You remember these promises? We can see each other not as adversaries, but as neighbors. We can treat each other with dignity and respect. We can join forces, stop the shouting and lower the temperature. For without unity, there is no peace, only bitterness and fury. Sounds so nice, especially when you say it like that. But uh, he yelled his head off yesterday. It was really bad. And none other than Mitch McConnell came out. Just in time, Mitch. Thanks a lot. You did nothing for President Trump. You stabbed him in the back. You stabbed him in the front. Now he's feeling his oats. Why? Because Joe Biden wants to mess with his power, the filibuster. Anyway, he took a shot at uh, the president today. Twelve months ago, the president called on Americans to join forces, stop the shouting, lower the temperature. But yesterday, he shouted that if you disagree with him, you're George Wallace. George Wallace. If you don't pass the laws he wants, you're Bull Connor. And if you oppose giving Democrats untrammeled one-party control of the country, well, you're Jefferson Davis. He compared, listen to this, a bipartisan majority of senators to literal traitors. How profoundly, profoundly unpresidential. You think? Maybe if you worked a little bit harder for Donald Trump, we would not be in this mess with Joe Biden. Speaking of which, it is time to vet Joe Biden. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? It's true. He brought up uh, George Wallace, who was uh, later in life, by the way, Governor Wallace became enlightened. He renounced racism. But in his prime, man, he was a He was an out-and-out racist, and uh, Joe brought him up yesterday. Do you want to be on the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? Okay, being on the side of George Wallace would be a very bad thing. Funny thing is, Joe Biden and George Wallace were friends. In fact, he bragged about it. Now, again, uh, to review, George Wallace was the uh, segregationist governor of Alabama. He ran for president in 1972. He was the victim of an assassination attempt that kept him in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. But Joe Biden, when he was campaigning for office throughout his career, he would brag about how much George Wallace uh, liked him. Let's go to it. Number one, back when he was interviewed by the uh, Delaware newspaper, he is going around saying things, part of which people know are true, but the other politicians aren't talking about. He is 
praising George Wallace. He says that's the secret of his success. Also, he says that uh, Biden reminds them that former Alabama Governor George Wallace praised him as one of the outstanding young politicians in America. Joe Biden thinks that's a great stamp of approval to have back in 1987. Also this. Uh, campaigning in Alabama in April, Biden talked of his sympathy for the South, bragged of an award he received from George Wallace in 1973, and said, we Delawareans, Delawareans, were on the South side in the Civil War. How about that? This guy does not vet well. (laughs) And they should have done this like we did during the campaign. But here we are. Meanwhile, Dr. Fauci, what a drama queen The chilling exchange on Capitol Hill, Dr. Anthony Fauci, describing the threats against him and his family and accusing Senator Rand Paul of putting his life at risk for political gain. Rand Paul raising money on his website, how the senator responded. Yes, Dr. Fauci, let's face it, he's a controversial fellow. He shut down the country. He's been wrong on so many things, and a lot of people don't like him. Now, we want him to be safe, but people in the public eye sometimes get nasty letters in the mail, and sometimes crazy people say they want to do things and try to do things. That's illegal. That's wrong, but it happens all the time. Anyway, since it's involving Dr. Fauci, uh, the liberal media is very, very concerned. What happens when he gets out and accuses me of things that are completely untrue is that all of a sudden that kindles the crazies out there. Just about three or four weeks ago, on December 21st, a person was arrested who was on their way from Sacramento to Washington, D.C. at a speed stop in Iowa. And they asked, the police asked him where he was going, and he was going to Washington, D.C., to kill Dr. Fauci. And they found in his car an AR-15 and multiple magazines of ammunition because he thinks that maybe I'm killing people. Now that's terrible and I'm glad they got the guy. But welcome to the club, Dr. Fauci. It happens. You wanna know more about it? Talk to Senator Rand Paul. This guy has been hounded for years. Now, this is during the summer of 2020, right after, I believe, the uh, Republican convention at the White House. They're trying to take this guy out. I mean, look at this huge mob. Was there any big outpouring of support for Dr. Uh, Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, when this happened? This guy gets it all the time. It happens. Somebody went to his house and beat him up right on his porch. Somebody beat him up. How about Eric Trump? son of Donald Trump, sent possibly a horrible chemical poison to his house. How about Steve Scalise shot on that ball field by a wacko liberal Bernie Sanders supporter? Yeah, the guy was a Bernie Sanders supporter, hated Republicans. But guess what? Because we're smart people, we don't blame Bernie Sanders for this guy going crazy. You just don't. Just like you don't blame Rand Paul for being highly critical of you, Dr. Fauci. You can't blame that nut job in a vehicle with a gun on Rand Paul. You have made some serious mistakes, sir. Your security is being provided. All right, this is a glaring example of fake news bias. Stacey Abrams, who is a superstar in the Democrat Party, was not at Joe Biden's speech yesterday. Now she's running for governor of Georgia. The speech was in Georgia. Not going there is a political issue, all right? It is. 
but they're Democrats. So the media pretend it doesn't happen. Literally on CBS and ABC News, they had major coverage of this speech. Every, well, not every angle. They left this part out. Okay. They left out this, what do you want to call it? A snub. Uh, who knows? I mean, there are a lot of reasons why it could have happened. Stacey Abrams doesn't want to be seen by a million things. They don't mention it. They mentioned it on NBC for literally two seconds. Notably absent today, top Georgia Democrat Stacey Abrams citing a scheduling conflict. That's it. In a 24-7 news universe, two seconds. Now, compare that to Glenn Youngkin, the new governor uh, in Virginia. Has he been sworn in yet? I hope so. Glenn Youngkin in Virginia. So running as a Republican in Virginia, which is kind of bluish, appearing with Donald Trump may not have been uh, to his advantage in that campaign. And the fake news would never stop busting his chops about it. Youngkin didn't want to campaign with Trump. You could take the lesson, okay, Youngkin didn't want to appear in person with Trump. Glenn Youngkin and uh, Cittarelli in, in, in New Jersey, in both cases, were, were actively working to avoid most of the Trump stink. Will no. Trump actually take the fact that we all know that the only reason Youngkin won was because he didn't want to be seen with Donald Trump? The one person I didn't hear Glenn Youngkin thank tonight was Donald Trump, which was not an accident. That was by design. Glenn Youngkin didn't share a stage with Donald Trump. That was by design. Oh, Trump's at right. arm's length, arm length. There's Trump. Yeah. He didn't want to embrace Donald Trump. Not at all. It's so unfair. And it's so constant. 24-7. All of the, And all of those guys, by the way, they pretend that they're objective, that they're not opinion shows, that they're right down the middle, just calling balls and strikes, they like to say. Well... Here is a, I'm going to call this one a ball or a strikeout. I don't know what it is, but it's Senator Mike Rounds, Republican of South Dakota. Uh, Donald Trump thinks he's a rhino. Uh, I think he's just kind of weak. Uh, I saw him on the Stephanopoulos show. He just gets schooled by Stephanopoulos. He's always setting up traps. This guy's always walking into them. And then, uh oh, uh, watch. Separately, could you support President Trump if he runs again? I'm sorry? Could you support President Trump if he runs again? I'll take a hard look at it. Uh, personally, what, what I've told people is, is I'm going to support the Republican nominee to be president. I'm not sure that the eventual nominee has even shown up yet. Where is he? Huh? Where is she? Wimp. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, buying more time here, please. Uh, why go on a show like that if you don't have a message? All right. If you don't want to put something out there. Just getting schooled by George. Stay with us. We're going to talk about that Epps character. Who is he? Where is he from? What's really going on here? And how about it? Ted Cruz calling out the FBI in glorious fashion. Yeah, there have been some problems with Ted, but he's great. We'll be right back. Information. Truth is freedom is Newsmax it's real news for real people who's in Washington do you want your house back take it so many basic questions about those being held prisoner as a result of January 6th the government can't or won't answer 
And I got to hand it to Ted Cruz. Yes, I know he's had a couple of ups and downs lately, and we haven't liked everything he said, but he was brilliant today. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, this was yesterday, uh, but it's still important. Taking on the DOJ and the FBI. How many people have been charged with crimes of violence in connection with the events on January 6th? Senator, I'm not sure exactly how many uh, have been charged with crimes of violence. I know that there are many. Okay. How, how many have been charged with nonviolent crimes? I don't have the numbers of people charged, whether at the state or federal level. I know that. Okay. There how many people are currently incarcerated concerning the events of January 6th? I don't know the number of people incarcerated. Again, I know that. I, I How do many? Have, okay, let me ask you that. Look, we have okay. limited time, so I don't want you to filibuster. You either know the answer or you don't. How many people have been placed in solitary confinement concerning the events of January 6th? I don't have any information about that, Senator. Deputy Attorney General, about all this stuff is clueless. Um, look, Ted Cruz laid into him, demanded answers. They're not writing back to him. Hey, a letter from a senator is a big deal, all right? And they're not responding. These folks work for the people, not for themselves. And that's what they seem to think. All right, next, questions about this Epps character from Arizona. He was seen all over the place, making a spectacle out of himself. Seems like he was inciting violence urging people to take the Capitol. What's he whispering to this guy? And then all hell breaks loose. So he comes up in the next line of questioning against a senior official of the FBI. I want to turn to the FBI. How many FBI agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of January 6th? Sir, I'm sure you can appreciate that I can't go into the specifics of sources and methods. Ms. Sandburn, was Ray Epps a Fed? Sir, I cannot answer that question. The next day, the next day, on January 6th, Mr. Epps is seen whispering to a person, and five seconds later, five seconds after he's whispering to a person, that same person begins to forcibly tear down the barricades. Did Mr. Epps urge them to tear down the barricades? Sir, similar to the other answers, I cannot answer that. Shortly thereafter, the FBI put out a public post listing, seeking information on individuals connected with violent crimes on January 6th. Among those individuals in the bottom there is Mr. Epps. The FBI publicly asked for information identifying, offering cash rewards leading to information, leading to, for information leading to the arrest. This was posted and then sometime later, magically, Mr. Epps disappeared from the public posting. According to public records, Mr. Epps has not been charged with anything. No one's explained why a person videoed urging people to go to the Capitol, a person whose conduct was so suspect the crowd believed he was a Fed, would magically disappear from the list of people the FBI was looking at. Ms. Sanborn, a lot of Americans are concerned that the federal government deliberately encouraged illegal and violent conduct on January 6th. My question to you, and this is, a, this is not an ordinary law enforcement question, this is a question of a public accountability. Did federal agents or those in service of federal agent actively encourage violent and criminal conduct on January 6th? Not to my knowledge, sir.
What a cagey, weird performance by this bureaucrat. This to me is essentially confirmation that they had something to do with January 6th. That is a reasonable takeaway. And as far as Mr. Epps, oh yeah, they know all about this guy. Here's what we know. 60 years old, from Arizona, retired Marine, owner of Rocking R Farms, the Naughty Barn, a wedding venue, listed as president of uh, the Oath Keepers in 2011, never arrested or charged for January 6th. Never arrested or charged. There are people who were just on the steps looking at the Capitol who were arrested and charged. And this guy egging people on, we all saw it. And how about some of these others that the FBI so cagey about? These people spotted, seen, some in critical places doing very odd things, yet they're not on any wanted list. The FBI seems to have no interest in them whatsoever. What is really going on here? You know, for so long, it almost worked. January 6th, they hyped it so much. It was such a toxic occasion that it distracted us and it made us afraid of talking about the election. Those days are over. And I'll start with Joe Biden. And what I think is, if not an outright admission, a major Freudian slip. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. How about that, huh? Yeah, because when I see, when I think back to 2020 and Joe Biden so content in those little circles or hanging out in the basement, going away for days, even weeks at a time. I thought, how can he be this laid back when he's running for president? Well, if he had one of those voter fraud organizations set up, maybe he knew all along that he was going to. Look, this can't be proven yet, but it needs to be looked at. Just like President Trump said, 2022 and uh, 2024 will be in jeopardy, will be at risk if we don't figure out what really happened in 2020. And don't let them use the January 6th excuse to scare you off. All right. Meanwhile, who likes the honeymooners? Jackie Gleason and Art Carney. Uh, You know, there was one episode, a lost episode, where Um, They were really doing a lot of political work for some guy they wanted elected to the assembly, and they were having so much fun. But the little issue of voter turnout actually comes up. Take a look. Well, come on, pal. Run upstairs, get dressed. We'll go right down to the polls and vote. Well, I'll vote. I'm not going to vote. Vote. (laughs) What do you mean you're not going to vote? You're not going to vote? What were you in the parades and the rallies for? Well, a parade and a rally, that's a lot of fun, but getting all dressed up in your good clothes going down to polls and vote, that's too much trouble. <laughs> I love it. I love it. By the way, um, you know, Joe Biden and the Democrats, they basically want anybody, I mean anybody, whether they got here eight seconds ago or just to be able to show up at the polls without any ID, having done nothing at all and just vote. It's never worked that way, as Ralph is about to be reminded. Will you believe this? She forgot to register. Oh, imagine anybody forgetting to register. (laughs) Come on, Ralph, get your coat. We're ready to go. 
I can't go. Why not? Well, I was so busy with the campaigns and getting in the parades and everything, I forgot to register. <laughs> was that un-American to require people to register well ahead of time in the 1950s? Of course it wasn't, and it's not today either. We will be right back with some terrible failures from what was the most prestigious organization in law enforcement, but no more, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Be right back. Real heroes. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now, there's a place America gets its news. No agenda. Just the facts. Newsmax. Real news for real people. Federal agents are those in service of federal agent actively encourage violent and criminal conduct on January 6th. Not to my knowledge, sir. Something very bizarre and very creepy about that senior FBI official not being able to say that the FBI didn't have anything to do with January 6th. Wow. I'd like to bring in Terry Turchi, former Deputy Assistant Director at the FBI for Counterterrorism. Sir, welcome to Newsmax. How are you? I'm fine, Greg. Thank you. You Thanks bet. for having me. Uh, by the way, we want to mention your book. We will be sure to do that uh, by the time we finish. But your overall reaction, oh, here it is, in their own words, uh, the Democrat Party's push for a communist America. That looks like a great read. What did you make of today, uh, yesterday's hearing? I was so surprised. To me, this is almost confirmation that the FBI was up to all kinds of things on January 6th. Her shiftiness, her evasiveness. What was your impression? Well, I totally agree with you. And I think we have to understand that the FBI we once knew and the FBI that we always associated with fidelity, bravery and integrity has changed. It was one of the first agencies, I guess you could say, to lead the so-called transformation. And it doesn't stand for those things anymore. And for us to say that it does, whether we're current agents or former agents, when we've seen some of the things that have happened over the last few years, would simply be a continuation of a lie. And I, I'm not surprised at her testimony because it, it seems to be something that is pretty common now. People do things, they, they, they commit maybe not crimes, but certainly break and violate bureau rules and policy, and they get by with it, especially senior officials. January 6th. Um, now, look, we know that there are informants and we know that people will uh, law enforcement does that all the time. It's a legitimate technique. The difference here that we're worried about and concerned about is was the FBI or other federal agents encouraging the violence? And we seem to see that from Mr. Epps. We have evidence of <laughs> Mr. Epps doing that and they're not denying it. So Two questions. Number one, it is, in fact, standard at an event like this to perhaps put agents uh, throughout a crowd. But the intent would be for them to stop violence or coordinate with actual uniformed police officers to stop the violence, not to incite it themselves. That's exactly right. And we've done that before. And everyone knows when they're involved in a situation like that, and particularly working what you would call an undercover capacity or surveilling on the street, 
that they have to be mindful not to become involved in encouraging violence. They're there to prevent violence from taking place. They're also there to make sure that if there is violence, they can contribute to how, uh, how things are resolved. This looks like a long downward slide for the FBI, uh, event after event after event. Now, just give me a sense though, we have to point this out and I have to go off of your, you've got the experience, there are good people still in the FBI, correct? Absolutely. There's a lot of good people in the FBI, but people are increasingly afraid to uh, voice their opinions. And that's why I said the FBI's changed. In, in the FBI that I was in, and I think anyone talking to you honestly would tell you this, we had uh, a number of knockdown, drag out debates amongst ourselves, among ourselves yeah. over how we might approach something. And it kept us on the straight and narrow, especially after the, the history of Watergate and, and uh, moving into the 80s and 90s. Sure. And, and that's what kept us going. And that's not happening now. People are not being questioned in leadership positions. Terry Turchi, former deputy assistant director for uh, FBI Counterterrorism's division. Thank you very much. To be continued, come back soon. We'll be right back. Thank you, Greg. Lindy Blanchard started out in a trailer in Wetumpka, then succeeded in business. President Trump named her our country's ambassador to Slovenia. Now she's stepping forward to fight for Alabama. I will use my business experience to create jobs, end vaccine and mask mandates, improve our schools, and restore election security. Driven by faith, trusted by President Trump, conservative outsider Lindy Blanchard for governor. Pat Boone here, neighbor. I see silver is in the headlines right now and creating lots of excitement as the price of silver is extremely attractive compared to gold. So I call the folks at Swiss America to get the scoop on whether this silver opportunity is for real. What I discovered really blew my mind. Today, silver faces a huge shortage due to the rising demand by military, solar, electric cars, and computers, all of which depend on silver. But right now, silver is priced to sell, according to worldwide experts. Now, to help you get started, Swiss America is offering beautiful United States Walking Liberty half dollars minted in 90% pure silver for the special price of just $12.50 each, with a limit of $250 per customer. So, call the number on your screen or visit SwissAmerica.com, because now is the time to rediscover silver. Looking to get back in your type 2 diabetes zone? Once Weekly Ozempic can help. Ozempic. Ozempic is proven to lower A1C. Most people who took Ozempic reached an A1C under 7 and maintained it. And you may lose weight. Adults lost on average up to 12 pounds. In adults also with known heart disease, Ozempic lowers the risk of major cardiovascular events such as heart attack, stroke, or death. Ozempic helped me get back in my type 2 diabetes zone. Ozempic isn't for people with type 1 diabetes. Don't share needles or pens or reuse needles. Don't take Ozempic if you or your family ever had medullary thyroid cancer or have multiple endocrine neoplasia syndrome type 2 or if allergic to it. Stop Ozempic and get medical help right away if you get a lump or swelling in your neck, severe stomach pain, or an allergic reaction. Serious side effects may include pancreatitis. Tell your provider about vision problems or changes. Taking Ozempic with a sulfonylurea or insulin may increase low blood sugar risk. Side effects like nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea may lead to dehydration, which may worsen kidney problems. Looking to get back in your type 2 diabetes zone? Ask your healthcare provider today about once weekly Ozempic. 
You may pay as little as $25 for a three-month prescription. Do you have a life insurance policy you no longer need? Now you can sell your policy, even a term policy, for an immediate cash payment. Call Coventry Direct to learn more. We thought we had planned carefully for our retirement. But we quickly realized we needed a way to supplement our income. Our friends sold their policy to help pay their medical bills. And that got me thinking. Maybe selling our policy could help with our retirement. I was skeptical. So I did some research and called Coventry Direct. They explained life insurance is a valuable asset that can be sold. We learned we could sell all of our policy or keep part of it with no future payments. Who knew? We sold our policy. Now we can relax and enjoy our retirement as we had planned. If you have $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may qualify to sell your policy. Don't cancel or let your policy lapse without finding out what it's worth. Visit CoventryDirect.com to find out if your policy qualifies or call 1-800-491-7400. Coventry Direct, redefining insurance. Lindy Blanchard, Alabama Tough. Lindy Blanchard will create jobs, restore election security, and block vaccine and mask mandates. Driven by faith, conservative outsider Lindy Blanchard for governor. Is it a disadvantage for Republicans to keep talking about the 2020 election in 2022? No, I think it's an advantage because otherwise they're going to do it again in 22 and 24. I think he's right. I really do. And I'm so pleased that we're joined by Jenna Ellis. She is a constitutional law attorney, former legal counsel to President Trump. She was so active in the fight between Election Day and January 20th. Jenna, welcome back. And um, do you think more people? you, You bet. Great to see you. I think more people are ready to talk about this in part because it's been revealed that so much of January 6th was a great big fraud. What do you think? Absolutely. And I think election integrity is going to be a key issue moving forward, especially in light of all of the Democrats' insane rhetoric. They want to call everything voter suppression. And the important point, Greg, is that the Democrats are trying to call common sense measures and everything voter suppression, like a uh, a verification requirement, like voting ID or having uh, correct voter rolls. That's voter suppression. Uh, any sort of process, uh, orderly process, like uh, actually having an end to when you can vote in an election, that's voter suppression, or any transparency measures, like actually having Republicans poll watch or having uh, election officials actually follow the law in the states, that's voter suppression. And so when you see the Democrats' rhetoric on this and you see that they're trying to federalize elections, like what Joe Biden said in Georgia yesterday, those types of things are really angering Americans that want to make sure that we have free and fair elections and not that every vote counts but all legal vote counts. We need to make it easier to vote, harder to cheat. You're the lawyer, and when they stand up on the other side and they say, well, this has gone to court 61 times, 63 times, and every time it's been uh, proven to be not true. As a lawyer, how do you answer that? I know they're playing a game. I know most of them are totally wrong, but please, what do we say when they say that? That's a Democrat leftist talking point. First, uh, Team Trump never filed anywhere close to 63 cases. That's a leftist talking point that needs to be debunked. And secondly, none of the cases that were filed were actually heard on the merits. They were all kicked out for a legal principle called standing, which basically says, sorry, President Trump, even as a candidate, you can't come forward and actually have the merit of your claim heard. And this is the other thing that the left is trying to do. They're trying to criminalize even the process of contesting a 
election results, where certainly 2020 wasn't the first time that we've seen this. People yeah. forget that the Democrats in 2016, actually seven Congress members actually objected to the certifications on January 6, 2021. So election integrity is something that by law, we have and should have the ability to challenge those results. Jenna Ellis, thank you very much. To be continued for sure. We'll be right back. A liberty-loving American takes on Washington, Hollywood, and the whole media establishment. He's Chris Salcedo. Join his fight. Tune in to The Chris Salcedo Show every weekday afternoon on Newsmax. Thanks a lot. Stand by for Grant. I'll see you tomorrow.